What's up, Energy fam? Welcome back to another episode of Wicked Energy with JG, the place where energy, economics, and innovation converge. I'm your host, Justin Gauthier, coming to you live from the vibrant city of Houston, Texas. As someone who spent years immersed in the oil field service sector and focusing on energy economics and drilling operations, each week we dive into the heart of the energy sector, exploring its trends, challenges, and the future of energy in our lives. But today, I'm reaching out to you, my valued listeners, with a special opportunity. Wicked Energy is looking for partners who share our passion for energy, innovation, and impact. We're on the hunt for sponsors who want to connect with a dedicated audience of energy enthusiasts, professionals, and those keen on understanding the complex world of energy economics. By sponsoring, you'll not only support our mission to be the voice of energy, but also gain access to a platform where your brand can shine. Whether you are in the energy sector, finance, technology, or any field that resonates with the energy and innovation space, we believe your message deserves to be heard. If you're interested in exploring this opportunity and aligning your brand with a podcast that's all about making an impact, I'd love to start the conversation. Reach out to me at the link below or hit me up on LinkedIn. Together, we can fuel conversations that matter and leave a legacy that resonates for our listeners and beyond. Thank you for tuning in. Now, let's jump into the show. Perfect. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Wicked Energy with JG. I'm here with the creators of the new hit series, Cobell Energy. Today, I've got Jack Reichert, Ari Kagan, and John Hammond on the show. Fellas, welcome to the show. Um, like I was telling John and Ari, we had a little conversation this week. You're probably surprised that someone in oil and gas reached out to have you on the show. Um, but again, I appreciate you guys taking the time and willingness to come on. Um, where are you guys at? I'll start kind of on my screen on the right. Jack, if you don't mind just giving a brief introduction, who you are, kind of your background. Uh, again, this is a, a very different episode than normally I have because everyone normally tell their journey in oil and gas or energy but uh again I'm fascinated to kind of hear your background and then we'll kick it off from there yeah for sure uh I'm in New York City along with uh you know our Ari and John uh I grew up in Houston Texas though uh grew up like kind of like in the Bel Air Meyerland area um yeah. with like a lot of oil and gas people um that was like kind of everything um so I'm deeply familiar with the industry and like a lot a lot a lot of aspects of it i even studied a giant chunk of it in in college um but then when i went to college i realized that i think i'd rather like work in entertainment media as a comedy writer stand-up comedian uh all that kind of thing um and so i pivoted into that uh and Cobell energy was kind of like this accumulation of you know being able to combine these two different aspects uh of my life with my friends ari and john uh and you know, so that's kind of like where we all today, where we are today. I was friends with Ari and John for about like a year prior to this all happening, but like I'll let them give their intro, tell a little bit of their story, uh, to kind of contextualize all all this. Nice, yeah, perfect, fellas. Um, so I'm I'm also in New York. Uh, my uncle was was an oil and gas guy, and he does like small nuclear reactors. Oh, it's always not been like a, a thing in the, at least I've been around and, you know, climate is a, it's an important thing for all of us, making sure that we don't, you know, end up with famines and, and rising sea levels and wildfires and hurricanes, you know, the list goes on. But to me, it was, you know, we had actually another idea for a show called FEMA, which is about. FEMA and them dealing with natural disasters, but I thought that it was just like a little too much of a large scope, and we wanted to focus in on like a really kind of a little microcosm 
and that ended up being like the largest industry and that was really it was, it was fun to touch on this again and i think you know as soon as we got in touch with yellow dot and and they were interested in doing something like this we sort of it was like it was obvious that they were the perfect partner to make this show gotcha so real quick curious Ari. so like where did you grow up like you're not from houston though right no i'm from upstate new york like two hours north of the city okay and then did you like is your whole career on sort of like on the media side or how did you get into with with studio 181 yeah so i grew up just making videos making like youtube videos and uh eventually you know wanted to get into a little bit more you know what i would consider to be serious media so i did a couple of short films and and i had a podcast for a while but I've always wanted to make a series. So this is like the first series that I've been able to do. Cool. And um, I think it all sort of started to come together this summer when John, Jack, and I were talking about making a movie. And we were thinking about, you know, where is entertainment going? And just looking at the fact that a lot more people are looking at stuff online. So we wanted to make something for that audience. And we wanted to make something that was... You know, hopefully a little bit, a little bit higher end, a little bit more scripted and, and traditional, um, and so the show is born. Yeah, the con- yeah, no, we'll we'll dive more into it, but the concept itself is, I think, is brilliant. John, what about you, man? Uh, yeah, so I've been uh, producing and directing uh, for probably like around eight, ten years or so here in New York, mostly on like the comedy side, um, and then you know, a lot of short form stuff and then it led into commercial work. And when that happened, uh, I started uh, Studio 181. We partnered with Yellow Dot to make this uh, series. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think for me, you know, I just coming from a background in comedy, coming from a background in, you know, making, you know, I think a lot of the comedy that I started with was touching on like social issues and issues that were, are difficult to talk about for people yeah. and bringing like, an angle of humor to them brings everybody to the table kind of and this project is you know in that same vein it's playing with the same sort of tools in terms of like you know media and comedy so, yeah um it made sense for me and you know i was obviously hyped on it yeah no it's uh it's great like and that's what i love about comedians like they can talk about the most sideways offside stuff and I'm sure there's always haters out there, but like you can bring a conversation to the table and talk about it. It's kind of like the, like hundreds of years ago is gestures could kind of do the same thing, but I love how you, you know, again, the sort of the idea of tying humor into something with it that has a greater purpose. Uh, again, I, I think is super interesting. And so I'm curious, how did you guys choose the actors? Um, well, the actors, we always knew that John was going to play one of the characters. Yeah. I was going to say, man, you like, you got, you got selected to be on the A squad. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. When you, when you're part of writing the show, you can just write yourself into it. I think I'd be great for this role. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, John, I think always had Will Higgins in mind, who was, he was in place, Chris Jr. Yeah. Uh, and he sort of coordinated this like meetup where I wanted to go on the roof and, and realize that he was perfect for the character. And that's kind of what happened. Yeah. Um, you know, we were at a, uh, the day we sold the show, we got everyone together for like a little celebratory dinner. And uh, one of the writers, uh, Matt Stevenson, said, you know, before the dinner, he was kind of like, I don't know, I feel like Josh, like Chris, like, I don't think anyone can do it better than him. 
And then he saw Will walk in and he was like, oh my God, I'm wearing this full striped suit. And it was like, that's the guy. So that was, that was pretty obvious. And then Emily Wilson is a, another great comedian that we know. And she actually just sort of, you know, we auditioned a bunch of people, but when she came on, we were like, that's, that's Ava. And yeah. funnily enough, she is a sister-in-law to uh, Will. So it all kind of ah. together in this, in this interesting way. And uh, so that was how we got our our main cast. Okay, no, I was curious. I'm like, man, that's that's quite the cast. And they, they, I mean, again, they do a great job. I commend you guys. It, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, I think you hit it on the mark there. Um, so again, you you kind of touched on it. Um, but if anyone would like to add again, what like because like why is sort of like for you guys talking and, and, and trying to influence sort of the demographic, a certain demographic on the importance of a series about like the oil industry, mainly focusing on like climate, right? Like, why is that such a big deal for you guys? Uh, I, I think I could, I can take this one. So hmm. I think that the elephant in the room in regards to climate change is kind of the global energy structure where it's like, we need it, but we also, you know, we say like, oh, cow farts, like methane kind of stuff. Like we all, but we all really know like what what's causing it, what we have like a lot of control over, which is climate change. Like, I mean, I, I grew up in Houston, Texas. I like in my life, uh, I we had two different hundred year storms uh, within 15 years of each other, Hurricane Allison and Hurricane Harvey that flooded the town like it was mm -hmm. nothing. Yeah, no, um, I've been in Houston for 10 years, so I'm definitely yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I saw, like, Hurricane Allison flooded my house. I saw Hurricane Harvey flood all my friends' houses. Um, and, you know, nobody was like, oh, this is a product of climate change, even though we all, like, we, we knew it. Um, and so when we were thinking about, like, when we were talking to, like, our production company, Yellow Dot Studios, and we were talking to uh each other about all this kind of thing it was like what can we actually like address mm -hmm. um and there was this moment i remember talking to ari while we were filming it that was both exciting and also kind of scary where we were sitting down looking at the footage from the day and it was this like i i said to ari i was like i don't know if anyone else could do this like i think that we are like the only people who can, you know, truly talk about oil in a way in which people see it um, and who are on the outside and they see it and they think, oh, I should change my habits to be like this or I should be more conscious of this, uh, but also have oil people look at it and go, oh, you know, I do have power. Like it actually is on me. Like just in like in that moment of me realizing, oh, it's kind of on me. Like we're the only ones doing this. We are the ones who have the power of change. Uh, mm -hmm. like, I hope that happens to people who work in oil, um, and the, specifically the ones who have the decisions to, you know, decarbonize or, you know, invest in different things, um, yeah. just, you know, to, you know, start that, start that cascade of choice sooner without government intervention, having to step in and say, Hey, we have to stop this. And then, you know, messing it up more than, you know, <laughs> if people did it yeah. like, on their own. No, I, I think to your point, leaving solving problems using private markets is a lot more effective than leaving it up to government. So I will certainly agree with you on that front. So would you say, 
it sounds like there's sort of two sort of targets that you have. You have the folks to become more aware of perhaps habits and then the oil companies or people within oil and gas to kind of maybe sort of reconsider or think, okay, maybe, you know, maybe I should be doing something different. Maybe I should be Mm -hmm. focusing more efforts on X, Y, Z, clean energy, what have you. Um, when, when, when talking about the, like, not necessarily oil and gas people, but just people in general, how much sort of do you think that like human behavior and consumption of goods contributes to that? I mean, cause the challenge oftentimes for people to understand, and, and again, we're certainly, I'm not a political scientist, mm-hmm. so I'm not about to see and be like, well, the gas doesn't cause climate change. Like that's a whole yeah. other topic of conversation. I have an engineering background, but I'm by no means a freaking political scientist. So I certainly don't want to get onto that debate because yeah, for sure. I think we'll just spin our wheels. But but a lot of times, like say like the oil companies, there's a lot of there's a lot of good conversation being had as like oil companies don't set demand. Right. Consumers do. And the oil companies just supply to meet the demand so that if demand's high enough that things don't skyrocket. So not to get into like economics, but I think it's an interesting conversation because I what I do appreciate, I guess, in saying all that is that it's like hopefully people like just consumers kind of think, hmm, okay, maybe there's, you know, maybe if I don't leave my iPad plugged in and eight phones and six computers plugged in all day, hmm, maybe that would actually help too. Like, I think that's an interesting conversation in itself. Yeah. Well, you also have to think about like the role of a company and like a company looking forward, right? Where the company, it's a company's kind of responsibility to not become dated, not like be a thing of the past. Like if you look at like Kodak, for example, Kodak Mm -hmm. used to be the biggest name in camera, but they didn't digitize when it was time to digitize. And as Mm -hmm. a result, they're nowhere near as big as like Nikon. Yeah. Right. If you look at like an oil and gas company where it's like, yeah, you know, um, right now maybe demand is like this. Maybe demand is, you know, bad, but like we see electric cars. Uh, we see that like, you know, people clearly like they want Teslas. Nobody would say, oh no, I don't want a Tesla. Right. Um, so I, I think that it's like, you know, kind of the responsibility of like an oil and gas company to invest in innovation to yeah. make sure like they're not like they're not oil and gas companies, they're they're energy companies. Right. And when people forget that, like we, we talk about this a lot in like our, our series, like you'll see it where it's like the, like the will who plays Chris Noble Jr. says like, this is the way it always has been. This is the way it will be. But right. like, it's not going to be like that. Like, and we as consumers, we just, we're just trying to make everything work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, consumer taste is going to change. Like we see that with like Gen Z millennials, they're become like, everyone is becoming less and less into things that are bad for the environment yeah um and you know oil and gas companies like they like they gotta start taking the the steps Mm -hmm. um otherwise like their company's gonna eventually run out of business and that's not gonna be pretty right Um, it'd be a lot better if you know like i know shell has invested a lot um once upon a time in like the hydro Whatever the hydro hydro like hydro hydrogen electric, car batteries, yeah, yeah that yeah, kind of the stuff. Euro, the Europeans have done an amazing job. Um, and again, there's two parts of it. Like, there's the so for like a lot of the Europeans have invested heavily in like renewables. BP yeah. being a big one on like battery, uh, like EV charging stations. Um, 
you know, solar farms, like the Europeans have like Total, a lot of those big European majors have invested a shit ton mm -hmm. of money into new energy or what they would call green or renewables. And so, you know, it's so that piece of it is you can be like, oh, wow, like they are trying to. But when you look at what actually funds those businesses, a lot of it is the money made off of oil and gas to then funnel it into that so they can support that. And so from like, and then when you look at US majors, call them like Shell or Chevron Exxon and BP Shell, like the purpose of being in business is to create value for shareholders, right? So it's, there's a, there's a fine balance. And I think that the Europeans have like definitely made a more conservative effort to go down that road. US majors are a little more focused on like the carbon capture and stuff like that. But it's interesting. And, and I want to pivot here in a bit because I want to talk about this show a little more. But yeah, what like from your perspective, are you or like all those perspective, are you is it is the sort of the perception is that oil and gas companies are like doing a bunch of greenwashing or are you guys doing research and really getting a good understanding of what traditional oil and gas companies are doing to operate more sustainably and to reduce emissions? Like how much, I guess, research goes into the the drawn conclusion of that oil and gas is, guy, you guys need to start doing something. Like, do you know what we're doing? If so, like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm trying to get kind of gauge that because there there's quite a bit of effort being made. And to some, it's probably not enough. And to some, it's probably like, Oh, you're just dumping money. You're just putting just enough in there to like please investors and the community. But really, all you care about is like stuff in your pockets. Like, what's your kind of thoughts around that? Well, my my view on it is like, you know, as you say, none of the renewable energy is quite as profitable yet, so it doesn't make sense as a business to to switch everything over to that, especially if it's subsidized. But you know, looking forward, I feel like we're going to run into a lot more societal problems, which is where it becomes a little bit more complicated. In mm -hmm. terms of, you know, if you're an energy company and you're losing money, you know, developing new green energy right now, you probably won't be the one that has to pay for all of the issues that happen in other parts of the country or even other parts of the world. So it's 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 a little bit bigger than the actual businesses at that point. I think as far as the, um, you know, the actual companies go. They do have a sort of long history of not really actually investing in this uh, green energy as much as they could. And I think that that definitely weighs on our perception of it. And it definitely weighs on the show because, yeah. you know, when you fight about climate change for 40 or 50 years, it is hard to trust you. So I think, you know, even if it is, even if there is an effort being made, maybe it's too difficult from a business standpoint to really make that push but mm. also you know it is a push that needs to happen and i think you know like jack says they aren't oil and gas companies they're energy companies and mm -hmm. we need energy i think also just from a like a, a entertainment perspective right it's like and at the end of the day you probably know a lot more than we do about what is the actual like nuts and bolts of what's happening in the energy, energy industry Sure. Across, like, in terms of storytelling, in terms of like entertainment, in terms of like uh, creating a compelling, you know, sort of story, right? It's like you do kind of have to be somewhat reductive about like what is the point that we're trying to get across here. Nuance mm -hmm. has come across very well, especially in a, you know, two minute format. So it's like, 
you know, if we were telling a real story of, let's say, a company like BP, like I think, like you know, the 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 efforts that BP is putting in, and like carbon capture, whatever, you know, the battery development stuff like that, would find mm-hmm. their way into that story. But it's not that one to one, right? It's like sort of like a boiled down version of like what's what's the big picture here? What is the message that we're trying to get across? And mm-hmm. it's, and it does incorporate, you know, this forty year history. A blind about climate change incorporates those things uh, into this sort of story that we're telling so yeah. you know i think i think with a with a bigger platform and a bigger sort of space to tell a story those nuances would find their way and it's just, it's tough in in the space that we have yeah no it's uh that, that's it's again it's it's a it's a good conversation um and and, and it, it's again it's it's extremely complex as like the listeners all know we all know we're no one, none of us are experts in any one field, you know, especially because yeah. you know, climate and energy. I mean, there's people with PhDs that will battle out whether or not there's friggin' too much CO2 in the air and, and how much is not, and whether these storms are caused by, you know, climate change or not. Like, again, it's so tough to tell, but what, what I, what I'm, what I am like, I'm, I'm sometimes delusionally optimistic. I think we'll all figure out a way and hopefully via technology and people's energy consumption behaviors and hopefully you know capitalism will end up coming to the forefront and come up with solutions but like at the end of the day we need it all right like we're we're consuming 100 million barrels of oil a day and india and china are about to take a rip on that too so it's like we need more of everything unfortunately and and you can't it, it's going to be extremely challenging to come to the table to meet energy demand with just one or two relative to what's actually out there. So again, that's another topic that we could run through for years and years and years, which we probably will. But I'm curious, uh, taking a bit of a pivot, um, what, uh, like, again, you, and you guys mentioned you come from the media side, but like, what kind of research or what kind of resources uh, did you pull from to, to into the creation of Cobalt Energy to kind of like, make sure it, it actually somewhat reflects the realities of the oil industry because some of the things you guys mentioned it's like that's why i get so such a kick out of it i'm like this is kind of in a weird way accurate but like how do they know this so i'm curious mm-hmm. like do you guys have people that have worked oil and gas or just a bunch of research or what yeah well i mean i think you know the, the whole basis of the show is in is in climate change and you know recognizing that it's a serious problem and also just you know it, it sets it up so well because you have this you have this sort of impending doom that we're all very aware of. And, you know, we have this science to back it up. And then we have these people who sort of refuse to change and we make these cartoons out of them. But to go beyond that, you know, that's just sort of this, you know, almost really oversimplified version of it. We wanted to get into who they actually are. Why are they like this? You know, is it because their family has just always done this and it's the only thing that they know? Yeah. And so we spoke to a couple of people who worked on oil and gas. One of our writers, um, Jared, actually just left his job there about two or three months before we started production. So okay. we had a really deep insight into, you know, the, the industry on a whole, unless you're a seasoned manager or, or you follow it religiously, it's hard to get the, the absolute nuances of that. But as far as like office occurrences, that's <laughs> kind of like across the board the same. So sure. we read okay. a lot of great stories about stuff that happened at the office. One of them is uh, 
you know, one of the Jared's, Jared Foss's, uh, has a, has an office and he wanted a trash can in his desk and there was already a trash can in his room, but he didn't want to get up and put it uh, in that trash can. So, <laughs> uh, that he asked to have a trash can built in his desk. They wouldn't do it. So he just threw all the trash on the floor. <laughs> and I think that it's like, that's kind of an interesting analogy where it's like, yes, we could, we could make this leap to new forms of energy, but eh, we don't really want to. It's, you know, it's, we're, we're exerting too much of our own energy to get there. So we're kind of making this mess everywhere. And I thought that that was just like, it was, it was true and sort of hilariously uh, perfect for the series. Mm. And so we tried to pull on as much of that as possible. I think an episode that you'll really like that's coming out in a couple of weeks is we do a cold call where um, somebody tries to purchase some land rights and mineral uh, rights, mineral rights, yeah, mineral rights, just the just the stuff that's below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Is it okay? So it's it's gonna be well. I'll definitely. Yeah. I mean, I pretty much watch all of them, but yeah, I'm, I'll uh, <laughs> I'll keep an eye out for it. Uh, it's. Uh, so on, on the audience engagement side of it, I, 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 I've looked at some comments and, you know, people comment and I, I love how they kind of like, they feed into it. You know what I mean? It's definitely, everyone reads comments and just like, that's part of the, you know, almost like the best part of social media a lot of times, but I mean, because you're, you're targeting Gen Z or a younger audience via these social media platforms, how do you see this approach influencing their understanding and perception of, of the energy industry, or I guess oil and gas. I mean, are you starting to see people be like, man, this is a huge problem. Like I didn't like oil and gas companies and now I just absolutely hate them. Like, are you seeing that? Or are you starting to see people kind of like, like what's the kind of the sort of the response or the engagement been like? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the goal of the show was to not simply make people hate oil and gas companies, but to sort of make them think about, well, you know, what, what can, if I'm interested in energy, what can I get into that's that's going to be something that'll be more beneficial to to the future? Yeah. But I, you know, it's hard to tell just two weeks into launch. Yeah. But I really hope that people watch it, and you know, not only do they feel like it's accurate, but they feel like they can they can get something from that. Gotcha. Okay. Has there been any like engagement? So again, I know it's super early, so it's probably like guys, like we're in this like a microsecond, but has there been any feedback besides someone like me, like in oil and gas, has anyone reached out and been like, you guys need to stop? Uh, No one's been like, you guys need to stop. I mean, I mean, you know, oil and gas people, they're like, they're, they're pretty funny. Um, like yeah. they're oh, like, like yeah you're here right now like did we say some mean things about oil and gas yeah but like that's fine like we're still people yeah um, so yeah but like jared has like told me uh about like his former co-workers uh <laughs> reaching out to him and being like what a like this is hilarious or like i can't tell are you are like are you mad at us um <laughs> stuff like that and then i've also had some friends reach out to me uh from high school being like Oh, like this is so funny. Um, one of my friends uh is like a energy engineer, like went to Texas A and M. Um, and he was actually at our launch party. Oh uh, no way. <laughs> yeah, he's been like my, my best friend since like kindergarten. Um, and he 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 thinks it's hilarious. Um, I mean, most people are are pretty good at like laughing at themselves, right? Not not yeah. too many people. 
like also like for like for uh, as far as like your job goes you know like take your job seriously but like you you have a life outside of it Mm -hmm. yeah Um, no that that's that's a good point uh another interesting like interactive had through the through the show on social media like outside of sort of like climate change conversations and stuff is that you know the show's presence on these apps especially on instagram is as if it's the company right they post things speaking as the company mm-hmm. um so that's been a great like in terms of like audience interaction like the audience is sort of playing along with you know the joke that they're and this is a real company on instagram which has been a really yeah. fun sort of like way that i think traditionally audiences can interact with a show like that right it's like they yeah. just consume whereas you know wearing my show lives on social media like this it's a really a, a two-way sort of experience for an audience which has been really cool i i noticed that and, and again i thought that was unique for sure um and so i mean do you have someone do you, is it like a group of people that are managing the social media or do you have one person that is it like herbert's free yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah we uh you know i think we wanted to use the social media to uh sort of make fun of some of the classic greenwashing campaigns of the past we have yeah. a, a really great post coming out um I think it's actually tomorrow. Uh, basically, I forget who originally did it. Um, let me look this up. Seven. But basically, we did a spook of this this ad. Um, it was hum- uh, humble. They did a they did they did this uh, ad by in a magazine in 1962 that said. Um, each day we supply enough energy to melt seven tons of glacier. Seven million tons. Seven. <laughs> I mean, seven million tons. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Which Jeez. is, uh, it's a hilariously uh, out of touch statement, but we thought that it would be really funny if they posted that today. Um, right. And, and who who did you say posted that? What, what was it? Humble? Yeah. Humble energy. Yeah. I think we're next time. So, it might yeah. be humble. U A H U, like yeah, spelled yeah. humble. I, yeah, no, I'm trying to think. I, like I was going to say I didn't recognize the name, but yeah. I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> so, wait, can you repeat it again? It would say what? Yeah, they took out an ad by an magazine, like a double page spread, like that. Yeah. And it ends uh, each day, humble supplies enough energy to melt 7 million tons of glacier. And it has a huge photo of a glacier. What? They, they yeah. did that? They actually did that. And I thought that that that's like the very beginning though, you know, before it was even greenwashing, it was just like, we're proud of how much we're supplying. But I thought that it'd be really funny given the context to have us do something like that these days. Yeah. Uh, no, that, that ties right yeah. into That's crazy. I've never, maybe they're Cobell Energy's competition, man. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, and, you yeah. know, stuff like that, playing off of the, um, the idea that they're sort of oblivious to this, problem yeah that i mean i don't know i that's that's sad that it's i don't know maybe it was a joke or maybe they're yeah that's that's odd i don't know no no but it yeah it It was 62 so it was a little bit before all all the major studies but uh, okay i thought this was recent i was like uh, no uh, no. (laughs) we want to do it recent we thought we did it recently yeah 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 Uh, but you know just the way that we interact with everyone online it's like our latest post is uh you know refinery on every block initiative to support our organic oil campaign oh 
And, um, you know, it sort of plays into the whole like local, uh, vegan type of stuff that we've seen the last few years amongst the, the food industry. Yeah. But we, it'll, be, it'll be nice to bring us the oil industry. Well, we do need more refining capacity because everyone wants lower gasoline prices. So it's actually a good idea. Yeah. And now you can have <laughs> a suburb. Exactly. <laughs> no, your exactly. <laughs> that's, man, that is, that's pretty funny. What, uh, I mean, do you see this getting big enough to where it can influence like public discourse around energy policy? I mean, do you guys, are, are you guys trying to get like into the political side of it or is it more just like sort of the consumers and younger generation? I mean, it, it's hard to tell if, if somebody will watch it now and then down the road, they'll end up being someone who's really campaigning for this type of stuff. Um, I mean, we are. So I think that that's a start. But I think, you know, it's, like you say, it is. It, we do have a huge energy demand, and we need to kind of start a transition away from from our current methods, and to deny that you know the scientifically proven problem of climate change is caused by, you know, not entirely oil and gas, but mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of made that shift, so we hope that it will continue to help us to you know move towards a greener future. Gotcha. And before, because I do want to talk a little bit about the media platform in itself and just kind of move away from the energy stuff. But I am I'm I'm curious, like, have you like, do you guys look at um, like the EIA's energy mix and like what? Because in the U.S., we as a as a country, and I'm not just talking about oil and gas, I'm just talking in general is like the energy mix has actually gotten to be. Like if you look at the like graphs on how much energy supply comes from different energy sources, like the U.S. has actually done a pretty damn good job in incorporating renewable energy and and almost I mean we're producing at an all time high. Um, yeah. But I mean and we're, we're we're exporting a little bit. So again, everything has gone up. But like solar and wind, especially like here in Houston or in Texas, like I think most of our energy comes from I mean natural gas, wind, and solar. Um, mm. and so it's, it's cool to see that, right. Cause that, that's obviously helping. Um, but, in, but really where I see that the challenge is like for those who are in energy poverty, uh, in a lot of these countries that like, once they start to begin really developing their economies, um, I, I just, I, I concerned that if, if what one side is saying is like all this production of oil and gas is what's causing all these issues. Like who and how are we going to pay to deploy all this energy that's non fossil fuel related? Like, where is all that money going to come from? And is that going to be more inflationary? Because that's a lot of times the challenge, right? And again, I don't expect an answer, but these are the types of things that keep me thinking all the time. Hmm. Um, and, 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 and when you look at that, because at the end of the day, and again, the argument, a lot of times when you talk to oil and gas folks is like, you know, be like, it's one thing to have climate change and it's an issue, but it's also for those who don't have access to electricity and clean water and they want to use yeah. natural gas because it's a resource and they need to get out of that because of course, like they're not wor- like people that in Spartan certain, like I, I talked to a dude here in Houston that he came from, he, he originally is from Africa. And he said, I don't, my family does not give a rat's ass about climate change. They're just trying to get cement poured on their floors and lighting so that they can feed their kids and and their kids can do schooling at night. 
I don't care what it is, but we need it. You know what I mean? So like globally, I think we have to at least acknowledge that not everyone cares so much. They just want the necessity and like, like the, the hierarchy of needs of like just the most simple things that we all here take for granted. You know what I mean? So yeah, maybe I mean, there are, yeah. I think the way to, that we should address that is by, you know, continuing to develop parts of the world with clean energy first. And it's going to, it's going to take a little longer to cost a lot more, but I think that in the long run, it'll be worth it. I mean, I was yeah. just in Morocco and visited the world's largest concentrated solar tar. Oh, and wow. It was absolutely massive facility, but it's just really, you know, fascinating. It powers 125,000 homes. And a lot of Morocco is actually on solar. You visit, you visit a ton of people's houses and they just have solar panels outside. And, you know, they do have the advantage of basically 310 or so days of sun every year. Yeah. They definitely, they've made the most so far of what they can. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're continuing down that path. Right. So being able to, to look at stuff that works in your area, I think is a huge part of this. You know, you're not going to be able to put a hydroelectric dam in Morocco. There's basically, you know, no rivers. Yeah. So if we can look at different parts of the world and find solutions, geographically speaking, that'll put us way ahead, especially, you know, for a developed country like us, like we're going to feel the effects of climate change and it's going to hurt us a lot more than, you know, not on a, not on a global scale. I, I completely just spoke there. We, we live in a pretty great spot, sure. but as far as hurricanes and wildfires and, you know, flooding, we're going to feel that just as much. And if we have the ability to build new energy sources that aren't contributing to this problem, you know, that'll, that'll help us. That'll help us out a lot. And I think at the end of the day, like when we think about climate change, the world is going to be fine. It's, it's humans that are going to face the consequences. Yeah. Well, Elon will take all of his folks up to Mars and then all the, the have nots will just be stuck here on earth running around trying to figure it out. And that's what it sounds like it's going to happen. That's what chat GPT told me anyway. I don't know, but <laughs> the one, the one, the one thing that I'm super bullish on, on nuclear. And I just wish we could just avoid yeah. nuclear all over the place. Cause besides travel and, you know, like airplanes and ships and stuff, like, from a power generation standpoint, golly, yeah. that to me seems like such an obvious answer, but I don't, that part of it, I don't understand. I don't know why poli- politic or politicians and people are so against. I think it's like maybe the public perception of the safety factors, but when you look at death per kilowatt hour, uh, it literally is like at the very bottom. Like it's oh. it's so small. So it's, I mean, that's another one. The, the last thing I will say is here in the US our emissions have slowly gone down fairly, you know, put have, we've done quite a good job since the early 2000s of actually reducing emissions. We need to focus on China, not the US. Now, granted, we need to worry about everything. And I say that kind of jokingly, like Donald Trump says, like China, but China is such a big deal. Like I, that, that to me is if we can convince China to somehow start, because they haven't even reached their peak energy consumption per capita. So mm. It's like pissing in a pool, right? Like if, if 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 we're all in here not pissing, but then someone over on the other end is just like unloading, it's still going to make a difference. And so it's like, how do we influence that part of the world? Because that's where most of the pollution and a lot of that stuff's coming from. Like, what what's your guys' take on on that? 
Well, I think yeah, we'll have to dub the show in Mandarin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, make make some Mandarin videos. <laughs> yeah, uh, you need to be targeting ads to those guys. <laughs> I also think, like, well, for us, like moving into like this, the additional seasons of this show, it's like you know these are all like things that we want to talk about as the sort of world of the show grows. Like we want to be talking about like international, you know, sort of issues and 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 also like you know sort of other perspectives from the energy industry. Like we have an episode coming up that has like protesters in it, right? And like you know, seeing you know the oil industry come head to head with like you know, uh, you know, pretty aggressive like protesting tactics and stuff like that. It's like these are all places in our world that we're building where these conversations are happening, and it's like you know, I think we're like okay, it's like how can we keep doing this show and get to season two and like send these guys, send these characters to like the Middle East or send them to Africa, right, and have them actually issues that we're talking about, you know, and and, yeah. and you know, in, in in real you know ways, I don't think you know these conversations play out in their own way on, in the story, but like a way to have the conversations. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I mean, and you know, as, as far as like global global energy goes, I think any progress is progress, and the more progress, the better. So yeah. if we're all if we're all fighting hard in China, it's not that's better than us not fighting. And yeah. you know, hopefully, hopefully we will come up with with new energy solutions that are more profitable and we can all make that sh that shift but i i really like nuclear nuclear does have a problem which is that it needs to be kept cool so you saw france have to shut off all the reactors this summer but and, uh, that, and so i never really knew like i didn't do my own research to figure out why i thought it was government intervention for some crazy thing but it was because it was, they got too hot is that what you were saying yeah there was the risk of them overheating which uh, is it's kind of like a I feel like we will technically solve this problem. I don't I'm not a nuclear expert by any means. Yeah, neither me. But, um, but it is, you're absolutely right. It is a, it is right now, in my opinion, the most promising. Um, and I think that people are a little scared of it because it is so obvious when it goes wrong. Whereas right. something like carbon it is a little bit, you know, it's like, well, we can argue that it isn't maybe. Yeah. And, and that's ridiculous, but it is it is a little bit more ethereal, and it is you know you, you could attribute eight million deaths annually to carbon, but hmm. it's people can't draw that conclusion automatically. Whereas if you if it, there's a nuclear disaster, your skin melts off. So <laughs> yeah. it has it does have that disadvantage, even though you know the deaths are they don't even show up on the scale. Yeah, no, it's it's a good point. Um, to kind of wrap things up, I do want to talk a little bit about, uh, again, just like the, the production in itself. Do you have any sort of behind the scene moments you, that, or challenges you face while producing a series tailored for social media and like the vertical, like, is that any, has anything kind of come up that you're like, oh shoot, like we went down this avenue and now we're kind of questioning it. Like, has anything have come up? Uh, uh I don't think we necessarily ever questioned it. Um, I mean, if you look at like just like screen time numbers on your phone, people yeah. spend way more time on their phone looking at something that's vertical than something that's horizontal. Yeah. As no, far totally. as like things that were funny that kind of like were like weird, like little missteps during production. Um, they're like, I mean, obviously they were like, there's an endless amount of like footage that we didn't use because, you know, we said something that was like really funny, but like didn't necessarily correlate 
like uh, we had a bunch of, you know, like Orange Theory, like the workout oh, yeah. place. Yeah. Yeah. Orange Theory, for whatever reason, every oil person I know loves Orange Theory. Um, and <laughs> I don't know, man. So, I don't know. I know a handful, but that's funny. Yeah. Maybe it's just like the neighborhood I grew up in was a big Orange Theory neighborhood. Uh, but like there are a bunch of like Orange Theory jokes or like getting lunch at like Panera Bread, just like little things uh, yeah. that, you know, would have made the video like a little too long that we had to cut or uh, like um, we were going to do a bit where we had a dartboard with Greta Thunberg's face put on it. Uh, but oh like at the very end, like we couldn't figure out how to hang up the dartboard. And then also like there were some like printing issues. Oh, uh, so it's like there were like little things like that that were like so, so funny uh, that didn't end up making it into uh, like the final cut. Yeah. Um, which which is a shame if we could do like a bonus features kind of thing. We could have like a DVD of like 10 hours of hilarious footage. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I'm still waiting until you guys have a, a lunch meeting at the strip club. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. This isn't based that on anything. Uh, Are that a thing in the oil industry? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, uh, it's been, deal, deals happen in some very obscure places. I can tell you that. That's great. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> we'd love to talk to you if we do another season. Yeah. Um, I just, I wanted to make a correction that it was actually, it was not due to eat. It was due to uh, maintenance issues on coronavirus. So they were able to replace uh, all the back. Okay. But uh, no, I appreciate you coming back to that. Cause it, again, it's, yeah, it's relevant. Yeah. The, you know, as far as, the vertical shows go. We've done so many of them that it's like we we kind of know where all the issues arise from. But if we were able to do it with a lot larger budget, we would want to do a full length show because there's not so much you can tackle in three minutes. Yeah. And as you know, this is such a rich world, and you know we can't fit something like a strip club meeting in in a in an episode <laughs> every time. Yeah, and have something like that would just fill it out and make it so much funnier and so much more real. <laughs> and I think if there's one thing we've learned, it's like the comedy in this industry comes from real life because it is just such a funny little uh, world. Yeah, no, it's it's so true, man. Um, I guess the last question I have is you mentioned kind of some ongoing seasons, and I'm sure you guys things change. But what, what would you say your future plans are? Like you you mentioned kind of another series. Uh, what would you say in like three to four years? Like what what that looks like? Like, you, you know, maybe more capital to be able to do something more production or kind of what's the goals? I mean, we'd love to do another season. Uh, it's, you know, largely dependent on our production company and, and if we can swing it time-wise. Um, I think if we can, we'd like to make it as a full show because there's just so much that we'd like to get into. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. Um, as far as seasons go, I mean, I don't want to spoil how this season ends, but it puts us in an interesting spot, sets us up for some good stuff in a, in a future, future season. There you go. Awesome. Lots to look forward to. Well, for the audience out there, Google, I mean, you can look at Instagram, TikTok, any social media platform, Cobell Energy. Uh, you had me fooled. I went onto your website and for like at least a good half an hour, I was like, are these guys like, is this, or, there's no way. Like I, I know every oil company, there's no way I haven't heard of these guys. Like it, you guys, <laughs> I mean, you got it all going on. Like even the website is, is, is you guys, Maybe. again, it, you hit the mark for sure. Um, again, thank you guys so much. 
uh what's you know on the personal like you guys do like obviously the cobell but i mean you guys are on i think linkedin instagram yeah. um all the rest of it right so i'll put those links in the show notes that way folks can scroll down click away and um sort of any any closing last words any sort of key takeaways that you'd like to just leave with the audience before we log off here yeah i mean you know climate change is a serious issue and if we can find new energy sources uh we could really make the the next generations a lot happier nice no and i think for for us to come together as folks that obviously stand on different sides of the fence uh, I'm all about uniting the energy industry and not fighting because that's not conducive to progress. Uh, so again, I really appreciate you guys coming on and just having a good conversation. And for the audience, whether you agree, disagree, or, or want to fight them or hug them, uh, it doesn't matter. These conversations need to be had. We all need to work together. And uh, for everyone out there, let's always make sure we're approaching the energy landscape with a radically open mind. Be kind and always remember that everyone deserves access to energy and we is greater than me. Thanks, everybody.